With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, welcome in to the uh, All Ball Podcast. Your boy Doug Gottlieb here. And man, we're going to have a two-part pod. And I'll talk a little bit about my recruitment um, uh, during the pod. We'll talk a little bit about the, I got to do an NBA preview. Like, man, we just get these great interviews and have these great talks. So I want to do all of that. But first, I want to catch up with Dan Dickout. Dan obviously was, was college basketball player of the year, played in the NBA. But in this pod, we're going to talk about him as a kid growing up in Portland and then in Vancouver, Washington. Vancouver just over. Well, I'll let, let you tell him where exactly it is. What, what motivated him? Who did he idolize? How did he make himself in to the player he became? And why did he choose the University of Washington? I know there's actually a lot of people that are probably listening to this podcast. are like, no, Dan Dickow went to Gonzaga. No, he transferred to Gonzaga after playing a year and a half at, at, at Washington. Like he did. Yes. But Washington and Gonzaga was not his, those are not his dream schools. There's an interesting tie that binds the two of us that I will get to. I'll get to, um, including guys. I was recruited by his dream school. Nearly went there. I was like, eh, tell him I didn't. He'll tell me why he didn't go to that same school. And then, and then he went to what? Well, there's a bunch to get to. So you're really going to enjoy this. Without further ado, my guy, Dan Dickow. So um, it, it's fast, fascinating to catch up with you on this level because, yeah, I would love to talk about current Zag hoops, right? And Zag's Iowa this weekend. And we'll try and get to that. But like, I feel like you were Tebow before Tebow. And, and I don't mean that from a religious background. I mean it in terms of like a, a a cult following where like every white kid was like every white dad in there was like, man, you Dan Dickow, that's the dude. Like if he can be national player of the year, you you can too. You're you started playing basketball where? You know, that's uh that's a funny comment and and actually I appreciate that. I've heard that from a number of, of coaches you know, about five, six years after I was done at Gonzaga that every kid they recruited or an AAU coach thought they had a kid to recruit, had the long floppy hair and, and my name was thrown out there. So uh, it brings back some <laughs> interesting and unique and fun memories. That's for sure. Um, but I started playing basketball. I was born in Portland. I moved to Vancouver when I was in second grade uh, with my family. But I remember in Portland, um, I actually had three hoops at my house as a little kid. In our basement, I had a hoop that was probably, you know, like it wasn't one of those plastic little type hoops, but it was a it was a hoop that went up on the wall, you know, probably no higher than than six feet. And my parents used to say I, I would be down there for hours on end, even when I was four or five years old. And then we also had a hoop on our driveway that was 10 foot um, in Portland. And then in our backyard, we had a tree and we had a backboard with a rim 
uh, on the tree. So as a, as a kid in Portland, I had three different hoops to choose from. Um, but I didn't play on an organized basketball team until we moved to, to Vancouver in the second grade. But back then, the YMCA only started teams in third grade. So third grade was the first time I was on an on a organized team. And I think that's something that's so important. I, I see AAU teams starting at like fifth, sixth grade now. And they're traveling across the country. It's like you don't even know how to jump stop. You don't know how to screen. You don't know how you don't know how to pass. It's uh, it's become a completely different uh, setup. But that's a that's a whole nother conversation for that, that could take. No, we hours. can. We'd ha- honestly like uh, just just so you know. So it's it's fascinating because so I'm coaching my son in an AAU program and and you know my dad did it you know for us. And he came when he got fired in college. He went up to Oregon State for a year. He came back. He was doing some scouting. He was coaching some minor league stuff. And he started at a necessity for my brother. And then he would coach like high level high school. Like back then it was travel ball teams, right? Yeah. And anyway, so when I moved back and my son was, you know, third grade, I took him to a fourth and fifth grade workout. And I had the exact same thought where I'm watching. And I thought that the workouts were good. I yep. just thought that way we, we for, you like skip things like, Hey, they don't know how to jump stop. Hey, you know, they, they don't actually know all the rules of, of basketball. Like there's a, a lot of things they don't know that, and I don't know if it's because, you know, basketball camps back then were more teaching oriented. Uh, I don't know if it's because we watched games more on TV. Like do kids watch TV? Yes, but they watch a lot of YouTube and they watch a lot of, you know, uh, highlight reels on IG, right, and Snap, yeah. and these other things, w- where there, there are no jump stop videos on YouTube that have a million downloads, right? But, but, but last I checked, you can't make all these plays if you travel every time you get the ball. So it it's a fascinating experience. And then what I've found is that the right parents that get it, they end up gravitating more, at least in the current moment. I may have another pod with you. They're like, wow, wait. You actually coach them? Yeah. You actually make them run an offense? Like, yeah. We're yeah. not playing, we're not playing zone, dude. We're not, we're not doing that. We got to teach you how to guard guard your man and how to help and how to position your feet properly and all these things. And it might get us beat because you're not as athletic as another dude, but that's okay. It's a it's a marathon, not not a sprint. All right, I want to go to okay, so Vancouver, Washington, right, is right on the border of Oregon. Yeah, so if you've you've flown into Portland many times, I'm sure, right, Doug? Mm-hmm. So the Columbia River's right there. The bridge that you see when you land at the airport, that takes you to Vancouver. So uh, you go north from the airport, you're in Vancouver, Washington. You go south, you get into the heart of Portland. And so, you know, I grew up, uh, when we moved to Vancouver, we were 15 minutes away from, from the Rose Garden. They call it the Moda Center now. I never will call yeah. it that. It's It's the Rose Garden. So, um, but it's, it's, it's fascinating because that's been like a little wellspring of especially Gonzaga players, but it's a good little basketball. Was your dad a hooper? Like what was, you had three hoops up. Did he just love it or what was it? No, my dad was actually a a golf teaching professional um, before he got into pharmaceutical sales when when I was right before I was born. Um, So there were, there was some athleticism there. He hand-eye coordination. He, He liked basketball, but he didn't play at any high level. Um, but you know, I think as with any kid that ends up having some success in, in any sport or even any endeavor, if, whether it's, you know, another hobby, you gotta, you have to love it on your own and you have to be passionate enough and driven enough to just spend countless hours on your own doing it until you perfect different things. Um, and that's something that I was always willing to do. I mean, I, I never had video games system growing up. I think the first time I actually had a video game system was an Xbox when I was at college at the University of Washington um, that it wasn't even mine. It was my roommates. And I thought it was the coolest thing because that was back when college players, they had the college game, but they couldn't use your name, but you had the number and it looked exactly like you. And I thought that was the coolest thing that I was on a game. Yeah, I was black actually. Couldn't shoot, which was accurate, right? I was black, super fast, really pass. But I could, but I was, uh, I, I was. They, they, they changed my race, which I'm actually, actually really kind of good with, right? Like that's that that that. 
I don't take that as a negative in in any way. Um, you know, it's fat. So okay, I grew up shooting hoops at Garrett Phipps's house. So I grew up in. Uh, it's about six years old. We moved to Orange, California, and our driveway was slanted. And so back then, you didn't have the portable goals, right? You couldn't. By the time I was in high school, we had one on the sidewalk that you could shoot in the street. But as a kid, they didn't have those. So I actually never had a hoop in my driveway ever. I had to go like six doors down and he, the kid Garrett was my brother's age and uh, he had a flat driveway. And so I'd go and I just asked his parents or my, my somebody asked his parents when I was really little, like he likes to come shoot. And it's the exact same thing. And I used to play imaginary games just all afternoon. I would do, I'd be the announcer and the player. I would announce the game as I play or I'd, I'd introduce myself and I'd, I'd do high fives with all the plants on the way down to Garrett's house and I'd go and shoot. And then my, my brother, who of course has been a, uh, an assistant coach for 25 years, he, he, that wasn't his thing. Like he wasn't a self-motivated guy at that point in terms of hoop. So they used to kind of camp out in Garrett's parents' garage because they had these Takate posters and the Takate posters were basically topless women with beer or maybe skimpy bikinis or whatever. And they would, and they would make fun of me and I'd be out there shooting. So it was always your driveway or was there a local park that you, or that you went and you, you kind of uh, honed your game. So when we moved to Vancouver, that was second grade. And, and luckily uh, a couple of years after that, I was, my parents, we joined an athletic club called club green meadows. And it was about seven or eight minutes from where we lived. Um, and my parents would take me there as, as often as, as they could get me there. Um, I became old enough where they'd just drop me off for a few yeah, hours and I'd play. be able to shoot. Um, you know, but the unique thing about that place was starting from a young age, they had three courts. And so there were six hoops. You could always find a hoop to shoot on regardless of the time. Um, and the other cool thing was this was before NBA teams had practice facilities, um, where they would open it up for the other t- road team to come practice at the day before the game, or a lot of colleges would host teams for practice. So club green meadows was such a good facility that NBA teams would come to green meadows in Vancouver and practice the day before they played the Blazers. So as a young kid, I was able to watch NBA practices. I remember watching uh, the Spurs. I remember watching, it was the Bullets at the time, uh, the Hornets. I I watched a number of different teams uh, at the NBA level practice as a young kid. And I just sit there watching and start kind of picking and choosing different things to watch and different guys. I remember uh, I got to to meet Wes Unseld. Years later, I'd met him again during the NBA draft process and stuff, but I'm remember meeting Wes Unsell because he was a coach at the time with the Bullets. I remember Liddell Eccles, if you remember that name. I played one-on-one as a, as a, like a sixth, like a seventh or eighth grader against Joe Wolf when he was with the, uh, the Hornets. And so I was able to kind of really um, see the NBA game, pick and choose different things that different guys were doing in the practices and then go out and work on that once they left. And it it was a really unique experience for a young kid because what what kid gets to do that? So fast forward a few more years, being at Club Green Meadows, um, every Tuesday and Thursday afternoons, they would have open open runs. And it was with the old guys. And you know how it is, Doug. As a young guy, you got to kind of earn your stripes. You got to earn the ability to be on the court. And so when you're an eighth grader or a ninth grader and you're playing against, you know, whether it's a 25-year-old guy who, who was playing in college two years ago, which there were plenty of there, or there was a 45-year-old guy that's a city league legend. If you're the young guy wanting to get on the court, you got to figure out, okay, well, you win, you stay, you lose, you got to sit for 45 minutes. Nobody's willing to do that. And then if you are the young guy who screwed it up for everybody, you're not getting back on or you're not going to be Nobody's invited to up. play. You're, right. you're going to be told to go, hey, kid go shoot over there so I figured it out from a pretty early age how to compete and what it would take to win in a team concept and then as my skills grew throughout high school you know I was the guy that all the old guys wanted on their team whether they were fresh out of college or whether they were an old guy because they knew we were probably going to win because my skills kept getting better and better Um, so I I credit Um, Green Meadows for a lot of my my basketball career so I was a I was two places racquetball world 
Um, and what's fascinating. So my best friend in basketball, my best friends in life is Miles Simon. Okay. Um, who I know, you know, well, and yeah. Miles and I start playing together in fourth grade, but what's, what, what's interesting about Miles is he grew up in a town called Placentia, which is really so close to Fullerton. And he played at Rackball World. There's only two Rackball Worlds, I believe, in Fullerton. I grew up playing at Rackball World in Santa Ana. Like we lived parallel lives where our dads would take us to Rackball World. My dad was a Rackball player. And we would play like all day, but we didn't actually play with each other for the most part until like high school. We're like, you play Rackball World? And we were best friends. We'd occasionally go to each other's Rackball World and we'd have sleepovers. But but that was that was it. Who was your idol growing up like there was there a guy that you tried to emulate yeah i had a couple of them uh, you know every kid that was our age doug and i would imagine you would say the same would be michael jordan and that's the easy one hey, he was greatest player of all time he was unbelievable to watch um but for me growing up in portland i loved jerome kersey and clyde drexler but bigger picture in the nba i love john stockton um, and oddly enough, all these years later, John and I are good friends and I get to friends, right? I like, to talk that, hoop with him all the, the time. The, I mean, the craziest shit ever was I knew that. I mean, I had a feel like, first of all, Jerome Kersey was one of those guys. Why didn't he shave his head? He was like perpetually going bald. Like, why didn't he shave his head? I used to watch him in the NBA finals. And then, you know, Clyde was, Clyde was like, you know, the, the Pacific Northwest Jordan. Like, well, yeah. well, we got, we got right. Um, but but it is I and we, we obviously we can skip steps or whatever, but that is fascinating, right? You grew up idolizing this guy and all of a sudden, wait, now you're in his morning workouts. Yeah. And now you're playing at his school and in many ways surpassing everything he did at his school. And now years later you're close friends, like you're a mentor to his son. Like all of that stuff has to be just fascinating. Yeah, it, it blows my mind sometimes, you know, and, and it's because, like, I'll make a comment at, the, at at home to my wife that, hey, uh, Stocks has got open gym this day or whatever. <laughs> he just, she'll just look at me, Stocks? Like, yeah, John Stocks and everybody up here that, that knows him well just calls him Stocks. Um, but, you know, the reason why is I was a undersized white kid from suburban Portland, Vancouver. And, you know, you tend to gravitate towards – and, and, you look, and like. look to to dream about, hey, if that person did it, maybe I can do it if I work hard and, and things work out. And so I kind of always looked at it as, hey, when I'm big, I'm probably going to be no bigger than John Stockton when I'm fully grown. Uh, he's good at this, this and this. Well, I need to try to be good at those same things. And you're right. I mean, it's uh, it, it has come full circle when I get a chance to go down and, and play in his his open gyms. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, he still plays it. I mean, shoot, I'm 42 now. He must be 55, 56, and he still plays. You know, he's got a, a mix of guys, whether they're high school kids, uh, fresh out of college kids, uh, guys playing from overseas or some older guys. He's got a nice mix of guys that play in his open gyms. That's amazing. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, why UW? And it's amazing because, like, there's a. I, I want to have a pod with my boy Chris Johnson. Um, I grew up as a UCLA fan. Uh, we moved out here, and my dad kind of befriended Sam Gilbert, who's like the legendary booster at UCLA. When Walt Hazard was the coach, uh, his two sons, Jalil and uh, Rashid, were teammates of mine. We, we had them on our, our travel teams, whatever. I would stay the night at their house. I'd be ball boys. Sometimes we had season tickets. Uh, when Jim Herrick took over, like he would help, he, he tried to help coach Herrick and I was offered a scholarship there and did not go there. And there's, you know, all the kinds of myriad of reasons why was, yeah. was UW like always your place? What, like why UW out of high school? No, I actually, I wanted to go to university of Oregon. Um, I went to one game at Mac court. I believe it was my freshman year of high school. Jason what, what Kidd would have been a freshman. So it would have been 94. So Jason, J- Jason okay. Kidd was a freshman. So the only year in college, I believe it was 94. And I was blown away by Matt Court. Like yeah, just amazing. the energy in the building, how cool it was on the outside, how amazing it was on the inside. And, you know, at that time, I wasn't being recruited by anybody. I was a freshman in, in high school. Yeah, I was playing varsity, but. I still at the time I was five, nine, 140 pounds and nobody, uh, nobody, myself included knew what to expect in my career. And so fast forward a couple of years and I'm, I'm good enough to now be recruited in the start of my junior year by uh, pretty much everybody in the West coast conference. Some in the, in the mountain West, uh, I would say Washington, Washington state, USC, Stanford were recruiting me, but Oregon was the school that I wanted. Uh, like I wanted to go to Oregon and my high school coach, um, he called them probably monthly. Hey, I got a point guard here. These other what, schools what are recruiting him. It would have been so 95, 96, somewhere in there. So because, Jerry, uh, Jerry Green. Jerry Green. Yeah. Yes. Um, Unbelievable and, staff, by the way. And, uh, and, and you, you'll be amazed at how our, there's a bigger okay. connection than you think. Yeah. But the staff for, for people who don't know, Mark Turgeon. Right. Yep. Um, yeah, he was there. Darren Kalish. Who, I don't remember him. Uh, okay, so Darren was uh, he's from Southern California, and he coached. Team, he was a coach with Team Avia. Okay. And team Avia's claim to fame was among other people they had. They had uh, Keith Van Horn, and mm-hmm. Darren went from Oregon to um, uh, to working for Adidas for okay. a long time. And then I think he's I think he manages people's money. Yeah, in the in the NBA now, whatever. Darren's a great dude, and then uh, Tad Boyle was the other assistant. When I I know because I visited there in ninety seven, spring of ninety seven, and I and and my background in Matt Court was my dad was an assistant for one year at Oregon State, AC Greens last year. Okay, I'll never forget. And we stayed down here, and I'll never forget that he called me. He's like. It was the most unbelievable atmosphere I've ever seen when we played at Oregon. Their mm-hmm. gym is like made of wood. And so the whole thing shakes. So we're at yes. the free throw line and they had to stop the game because the students kept making the, 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 the goals sway. And I was like, yeah, and it's like your dad telling you like, no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And sure enough, I go and visit. And in the spring of 97, they play Arizona who, like a month later, we win a national championship. Jerry Green's the coach. Kenya Wilkins was their point guard. He was tremendous. And he was amazing. He was an LA guy. I yeah. think Dorsey High School. And he mm-hmm. was one of those guys that just 
junkyard dog scoring one tough as hell. Right. And it was the best atmosphere I'd ever seen in my entire life. But here's the downside to it. Okay. And I want to hear why, why they were so late in recruiting me. I go and I had just been to Oklahoma state on a visit. Remember I played my freshman year at Notre Dame. I left, I sat at a junior college, blah, blah, blah. So they're like, you'll sit, you know, normally you sit in the section. They have like, you know, a, a girl who's a host or whatever. And, you know, you've been on visits, whatever. And they have people come and introduce themselves. Back then at Matt Court, um, the players sat on bleachers with like little pads in the front row of the bleachers. And then as a recruit, my knees were literally right behind the bench. So I'm sitting behind these guys. And Jerry Green came from, he was like a North Carolina guy, right? Where he, not, not in terms of where he was, but he was in that North Carolina basketball background where they were constantly subbing guys in and out. Right? Point guard called the defenses, whatever. But they, he, it was like a turnstile with a guy subbing in and out. And you know what happens when you take dudes out in college? They come out and they all they did was motherfucking up and down. <laughs> this dude, he don't know what he's doing, right? They won the game. They beat Arizona, who was a more talented, unbelievable team. But they come out of the game and every bitch and gripe about everything they're doing. And I was like, oh, oh. Anyway, uh, okay. So why did they offer you? What, what happened? No. So like I said, my high school coach called them probably once a month and, hey, I got this kid. He's being recruited by such and such schools. Um, his dream school is Oregon, and they showed no interest, none. I don't even think I got a single, you know, they, they send the questionnaire letters. I don't even think I got one of those. So then after my junior year, I've got a, I have a good spring. And then uh, in the summer, I go to, to Nike All-American camp, and I make one of those three all-star games. And as soon as that camp was over, Oh, now they're, they, 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 all they do, they want you, they want you, they, they want, want you. me. But, but a month prior to that, they're like, no, we've got the point guard of the future in the Pac-12, Mike McShane. And I had known Mike for years and it was like, hmm, okay, that's, that's interesting. So, you know, I mean, you're a 17 year old kid making a decision. I, I might've been rash and kind of marking them off the list once they no, were interested. Dude. But at the same time, it's like, you know what, that, that was my dream school. You never even wanted me until... I went and played at a high level. You didn't, you didn't trust my eval of myself, my high school coaches eval, my AAU coach. Because after Nike camp, or before Nike camp, my, my main schools were Washington, Washington State, Portland, because it was so close to home, Pepperdine, because Lorenzo Romar, and, and Stanford. And those were pretty much stayed my final choices. Um, but I did have a phone call or two with Kansas. I did uh, kind of get interested in, in Penn State and um, – and there was a couple other schools in the Midwest, Tulsa, because they were just coming off a couple sweet 16s with Shea Seals. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I went to the Pac-10 in UW because, and you know this as well as anybody, all the good players at that time, especially if you were a guard, you wanted to go to the Pac-12, Pac-10. You had, it was guard crazy. Terrell it, Brandon, it was Damus Thotamar, my, uh, Mike Bibby, Jason Terry, uh, I mean, up and Dominic down Ellison the West Washington, Dom, Dominic Ellison yeah. at Washington State was a bad boy. Bad so boy. So many good players. Right? Yeah, Art Lee. So many good Art players. Lee, who's also Team Avia, by the way. Art Lee. Uh, and you mentioned Brevin. Then it was Art Lee. Then it was – Well, I'll tell you uh, a quick story. Uh, so, Stanford was one of my final schools as well. And anybody knows, you go to Stanford, if it doesn't work out on the basketball end, you're going to have a pretty good degree and it's going to open quite a few doors for you. So, uh, they were recruiting Mike McDonald and myself that was their final Mike, two Mike played for my dad by the way yeah okay so, so Mike McDonald and, and myself were the final two guys that Mike Montgomery had pinpointed in that years because they needed a point guard so I had a home visit set for Mike Montgomery and, and one of the assistants I think on a on a Wednesday and if everything went well I was going to go down the following weekend for a campus visit well they called me on a, I think it was a Monday night or a Tuesday morning hey camp our home visits off Mike McDonald just committed committed. Yeah. So, and, and that's how it is with recruiting unless you, no, it, it, you know, jump on here's it. Here's my, here's, here's my, here's my Stanford out. one. Okay. Here's my Stanford one. So yeah. I'll never forget. I was my, my high school coach, the guy named Andy ground. And he just retired from Saddleback as like the best junior college coach in California. And he had an office right next to the basketball gym. And I'd hang out there, you know, you get done with class, you go to practice, you hang out, we just hang out there all day. 
and I got a, he got a call. Mike, Mike Montgomery called him. Um, and he, he puts me on the phone and he's like, yeah, listen, we want to offer you a scholarship. Um, you know, it's kind of the you and Art Lee thing. Uh, you know, they had me slotted head of art or whatever. Art was a tremendous player. We'd go yeah. at it in, in, in AAU ball. And he's like, look, here's the deal. You know, we'll sign you. You'll be Brevin Knight's backup for two years. You'll play some with him. And then in two years, you'll be the starter. And I was like, coach, I'm just not really interested. And I want to go somewhere. I got a chance to start as a freshman, you know, and if not, definitely as a sophomore, like I ain't waiting two years. I just know myself. I can't do it anyway. uh, He was just kind of very, very matter of fact. And then they took art and, you know, the, the one thing about Monty and my brother worked for Monty is he actually is a guy of his word. Like his problem was always, he's just too honest. Right. Whereas yes. other coaches, I have one you know, of those like UCLA, UCLA's too. whole thing was like, Hey, five guys, Dougie, we play the best five guys. You were like, okay, but you, you took a commitment from a junior and I'm a senior. Like, uh, you know, um, okay. So you go to UW and to, to be fair, like at the time. Okay. So I, I knew like, I'm, I'm with you. Arizona was all the guards. Arizona state was still kind of a little bit in the rogue. You know, they, they always had dudes that were like, like Eddie House, like no real position, but just ballers, yeah. right? Yeah. Just ballers. Um, you, my problem with USC was this is before they built the Galen Center, and they had really good players, but nobody cared. Like nobody went to their games, and the sports arena had such a bad rap that it was hard to get guys to go there. UCLA won the national championship my senior year in high school, right? Cal had. Jason Kidd and then Randy Duck. Randy Duck was good. I played with him in the USBL. I guy was fucking good. But then they had Jelani. They took Jelani Gardner the year before me, and they had they had a, they had a team that was over the salary cap. Right? <laughs> Stanford, Wazoo, UW. Now you went to UW with uh, was Donald Watts a freshman when you were freshman? You a sophomore? You so Donald would have been a uh, junior my freshman year. No, sophomore. We he was sophomore. one year older than me. Yeah. Um, and so Donald, you could kind of see things building at University of Washington when Coach Benner took over, um, gradually getting better year by year. Uh, Donald Watts, Deion Luton, who I think you played with at Oklahoma State, was a year older than me. Um, so no, Donald was two years older. Sorry, no, he uh, didn't. Uh, Deion was from Oklahoma City, but he didn't go to Oklahoma State. That's right. That's, that's right. That's why you guys played us because you brought him home. That's what it was. Yeah. So. Dion Luton was a tremendous shooter. And then we had two really good seven footers, Patrick Femmerling from Germany. Um, and then Todd McCulloch, who obviously played in the NBA for about six years. So you saw the, the kind of trajectory of, of what you thought the program could be. Yeah. Granted, you never, you knew, at least I knew we were never going to be UCLA or Arizona, but you know, as a kid, you always want to have a chance to, to, you know, play right off the bat, like you mentioned, and you want to go to an NCAA tournament. I thought both of those things were possible for me. Um, and, you know, looking back, um, you know, the way recruitment went versus the way your first year on campus went uh, really wasn't what I was expecting. And I think that's that's indicative of a lot of kids. You know, they get told something, they get their 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 hopes and their thoughts in one ways, and it doesn't quite work out. And not that I was guaranteed to be a starter, but, you know, if you looked at the two seniors that's, that, that played ahead of me in the rotation, um, neither one were better than me. And, and, and you know me well enough, I'm not going to be talking bad about uh, another player. But, I mean, it was pretty obvious to me that, you know, I was going to have to earn my minutes. And I earned them, you yeah. know, as a freshman. I still played 13, 14 minutes a game. And, and I had some big moments uh, in some big games down the stretch of the season. But, um, you know, freshman year didn't pan out quite as well minutes wise as I had thought or hoped. Um, but we made this sweet 16, which UW hadn't done in who knows how long. Uh, so they had ended up being a really good freshman year and then some different things happened injury wise. And then leading into my sophomore year that, that made me know that was not the place for me. Okay. So wait, wait, so you, you, you skip some steps there. Okay. So always do. Um, my mind's my mind. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm, I'm my mind scattered as well. Um, yeah. So here's what I remember. Okay. We okay. played you your freshman year. Yep. And I was hyped because I was, it was like, you're like our, one of our first, we were, I go to Oklahoma state and the two years before I get there, they're 17 and 15. And they just, they kind of sold me on, Hey, we need a point guard. And you know, it, it actually, it's kind of crazy. Oklahoma state was a place where everything they said 
actually kind of came to fruition, right? We're like, we're going to move these guys, their points to the two and everybody's going to move down a position or whatever. We'll play a little small. And it, it kind of worked out. Um, but I remember coming in all the guys and this is, we, this is again, how AU is a little different now than it was then. They all knew all the guys from that part of the country. So like they all knew Dion Luton. I mean, I, I mean, yes, yeah. so they're like, they yeah. kept calling keep, keep on shooting Dion Luton. Right. They're like, <laughs> and they were hyped because Joe Atkins and Estelle Laster who were the two sophomore guards that were trying to be points that became twos. They were hyped about playing a guy who they grew up playing with or against or whatever. And, you know, we had a big guy, Brett Robish, who was a transfer from Illinois. He was fired up about playing Mount McCullough. And I was like, oh, we get to play against Dan Dickow? Like, I heard, but I was older. You know, I had sat out, but I had, like, I, I knew the AAU circuit, whatever. And so I was, and then we get ready for the game, and he's playing these two other guys. And I, and <laughs> I remember, like, Sean Sutton telling me, like, they're playing the wrong guys. Playing, he's like, they're playing the wrong Like, we're watching tape. They're like, they're playing the wrong guys. Because you have to, it's one of the things that I actually really admire about Fran McCaffrey. I know we're talking about uh, Iowa Gonzaga is that he told me when I, he signed me at Notre Dame, he was the reason I went there. And he told me, he's like, look, you have to trust me on this. When we get to real games, like you're going to be the guy. Cause I was terrible in practice. You know, you know, it is when you get to college, yeah. like all these guys are grown men. You don't know what you're doing. And uh, he had the vision of what it would look like eventually. But I, I what, what, so take me through what it was like to play for Coach Bender because they, as you point out, right, they were building something. Yeah. And, but at that point in time of the season, it didn't feel like he gave you the team. Well, you know, that's, that's a really good point that you make in, in trusting the coach that recruited you, Fran McCaffrey. So the, the coach who did most of the recruiting for me when, when he was at University of Washington was Ray Giacoletti. He ended up uh, being a head coach at, at Eastern Washington, Utah, right. and at Drake, and now he's an assistant at St. Louis. But he was the main guy who recruited me. He's the guy who I ended up developing the relationship and trust in and, and knew he was going to have my back at camp, on campus. The other two assistants, to be honest, take it or leave it, I didn't think they, 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 they trusted me or they wanted me there like Coach Jack Letty did. And Coach Jack had Coach Bender's ear, 100%. Well. Coach Giacoletti got his first head coaching opportunity in August of the summer, right before I was going to be a freshman at, at UW. So imagine that your assistant coach, the guy that's going to be in your corner, vouching for you, breaking down Sucks. film with you, talking yep. to you. He's no longer there because he left. And so I kind of navigating everything kind of blind um, as a freshman when and nobody, you don't, you don't know what to expect. You don't know who to lean on. Right away, I realized, well, one of the assistants, Byron Boudreau, he's not a fan of mine at all. Eh, okay, that's fine. Another Eric Hughes, eh, take it or leave it. He's, he's not really in my corner. Jason Hamilton, who replaced, um, who was on the staff as well, um, he, he, he was in my corner, but he was a younger coach. Um, and he was uh, new. Who I don't, and he was new, so I don't think he necessarily yeah. you know, had Coach Bender's ear. And it's difficult, I'm sure, and I've never been in that position, but I'm sure it's difficult to, to take a freshman point guard and give him the ball over two seniors. I mean, you might uh, you might lose those two guys mentally, you know, just as, you know, oh, what's this kid doing coming here? Because neither one of those guys, and I've always felt this, if neither of the guys that are ahead of you and are that much older, if they're not head and shoulders better, why not play the freshman? especially early in the season, go through some ups and downs, bumps and bruises, and, and your team and that individual who's younger is going to be better off for it down the, down the stretch of the season. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. 
and you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The, the, I call it the rabbi in the room. You got to have somebody who's your rabbi, who blesses you, who watches over you. Right. And it's really interesting. Like, I mean, I remember, uh, Paul Graham was an assistant coach. He became the head coach at Washington state and he didn't really recruit me. So like I, I, he gave me one compliment in three years at Oklahoma state. And here was a compliment. Okay. So Paul Graham is called the judge. He used to always do this and like, get it out, get it out, judge, get it out. <laughs> anyway, we play, uh, I think it was my sophomore, maybe my junior year, we play Texas Tech on the road in their old place. It was a dump. I think it was my sophomore year. And they had a good team. It was They, they were coming off of Sweet 16 as well. Um, and they had lost uh, Batie to the NBA, but they still had Corey Carr. They had a really good combo guard named Stan Bonowitz, point guard named Stan Bonowitz. Ray Young was their point guard. He was a scoring point guard. That's Trey's dad. That's how crazy how old we're getting, right? We're guys who feel yeah. like his sons are, are in yeah. the NBA. So they had a really good team. And um, Cliff Owens is their center. He was like built like a Greek god. And we we beat him. And I played really well down the stretch. And he like called me in. And maybe it was my junior year. And he was like, hey, man, play really good. You're not doing that stupid shit. Good job. Right. That was it. Like literally never coached me. Like, like, what was it like to play for? Like, I don't know. He, he recruited all the time. Right. And his, the guys that he recruited, those are the guys that he kind of gravitated towards. Right? Yeah. Whereas like Sean Sutton and Fran McCaffrey, like I, I literally would talk to them on the phone or in person every single day of my existence. So I totally get when you lose Ray Giacoletti and he goes, becomes a head coach. You're like, dude, who's my guy here. Right. Yeah. You know, Who's my guy? And as much as you want to be the head coach, the head coach is doing head coaching things. You know, you, you need an assistant. Okay, so let's let's get to how it how, how the transfer and why Gonzaga. Yeah, that's uh. So after my freshman year, I injured my foot in the summer. Um, we thought it was broken, and kind of did the whole put it in a cast for a short bit, go to a walking boot, do the rehab thing. I kind Were of you definitely coming to, back? Were yes, you definitely coming back? I was back definitely coming back. So I get to, to UW in, in the fall, and I'm, I'm back healthy again at that point, but we're doing conditioning. And, and my mental capacity or, or my mental approach has always been, if you're, if you're dinged up, go ahead, play through it. If you're hurt, okay, go talk to a trainer. Well, I, at the time, I still I didn't know what the difference between the two. So I, I knew there was something wrong with my foot still. But I just kept gutting it out through conditioning, through fall open gyms and workouts and then practice and, you know, start the season off. And I'm starting, you know, I think I started the first 11 games of the year before I broke my foot. Um, And we got an X-ray and an MRI and realized, hey, it's 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 done. You need surgery. So in leading up to that, 
you know, uh, it was kind of one of those things where I was playing, but I wasn't myself because I wasn't healthy and I couldn't do the things on the court that I knew that I could do just because I couldn't do it. And so then we had a freshman send Q carry at the time who's now an assistant coach at Long Beach state under Dan Monson. And this will kind of be funny how it comes for full circle. Well, he's thank you. Carries a freshman who starts playing really well. And I can't do the things that are making me or would give me the chance to be a good player. I can't change speeds. I can't change directions because I can't do that. I can't create space to make the right play in a pick and roll. I can't do the, those things. So I can't create space to get off my jump shot. I'm just, you right, know, you're a shell of your normal. I'm, self, playing, I'm playing on one leg. My last hurt. game yeah. as a Husky, I'm playing in Arizona. I have to guard Jason Terry, the fastest player in the country at the time. I have to play him on one leg. I mean, give me a break. Also That's the guy fair. who committed to UW. Uh, committed yes. to UW was going to UW, <laughs> and then midnight Luke came in. It's true. So I, I finally after that Arizona game, talked with the trainers like, "Look, we got to figure this out. I can't go through an hour of rehab before practice, after practice, and then it still hurts this way." So we get back to Seattle. We get an MRI. We get a, a, a CAT scan. Yep, foot's broken. Uh, go in to have surgery. Uh, the doc, I come out of the surgery, and the doctor's like, well, we fixed it, but I don't think you broke your foot this summer. I think it was a misdiagnosis. Awesome. So <laughs> I had a misdiagnosis leading into a bigger surgery than what, what we thought was going to be. Well, lo and behold, during that time frame, Gonzaga starts making uh, a run as far as, you know, I'm watching on them on TV and they're having a really good season in WCC and guys on that team are friends of mine, Richie Fromm, who was a sixth grade teammate. We were high school rivals. Casey Calvary was an AAU teammate of mine. And I'm seeing these guys on TV getting better and watching the progression of the team throughout the course of the year. And then they give me a call on, on, you know, and like, Hey, when are you transferring? I'm like, what are you talking about? So kind of gradually, they, a couple of the guys keep pestering me like, hey, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. So that Gonzaga ends up going to the Elite Eight that year. They get to the NCAA tournament, make their huge run. And before, before that happened, I knew in my mind before the NCAA tournament started, I was transferring. And I liked Gonzaga. I wanted to be there. And then that Gonzaga run to the Elite Eight just sold me. as like, that's where I want to be. Those are my buddies. They're getting better. They're playing in a system that obviously is working there in the NCAA tournament in the Elite Eight. They're winning. They're having fun. I want to be a part of that. So I decided to transfer. Um, Jason Hamilton. Did you visit anywhere else? So, no. So I decided to transfer. Coach Bender honestly couldn't care less if I was transferring or not. It was a really weird phone conversation. Um, Jason Hamilton Wait, was you the were, only – You were at home? You didn't, go, you didn't go and see him? You were. I you went were into the office – at UW, Jason Hamilton was there. Um, he was the only assistant coach that tried to talk me out of transferring. He wanted me to stay. The other two weren't in the office, but they could care less. Uh, Bob Bender, I believe, was at the Final Four or hadn't gotten back yet from the Final Four. Um, and we had a conversation, and and it just, you know, I didn't get the sense that he, he was <laughs> particularly wanting me to stay or not wanting me to stay. And I decided, you know, it's best for me to transfer. So I decided to – I sent my release to two places, Gonzaga and St. Louis. And St. Louis was because Lorenzo Romar Lorenzo threw Romar. me at Pepperdine. So I talked to both schools. Lorenzo at St. Louis said, look, Gonzaga's perfect for you. Perfect. Take your visit there. If you don't like it and if it doesn't – if you don't commit, which I think you will do on your visit, call me on Monday and we'll set you up for a visit out at St. Louis. Well, lo and behold, I go to Gonzaga to visit. I, 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 I realized within 10 hours that that's where I need to be. And I committed on to coach Dan Monson, who I mentioned came full circle, who is now the head and coach. And then he leaves. He carries the assistant. Yeah. So, uh, I commit to Dan Monson. Um, and then right before, actually about two months later, he takes the Minnesota job, but I knew that that was a possibility. And I knew in talking to the guys at the program that, you know, the program would be in good hands with Coach Few and Coach Greer being his assistant. And it, it wasn't going to miss a beat because of the guys that were there. Um, so that's kind of full circle how that transfer came about. And it was honestly, it was the, uh, the, the, the best decision I had ever made basketball-wise. It's, it's amazing. I know you have to go, okay? So we're going to do, just so you know, you're, you're, I'm, I'm getting you to commit to part two. 
Um, can I, can For I get sure. a follow from? Okay. I'm okay. always down to talk basketball with you, Doug. You know okay. that. Okay. So, <laughs> but, 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 okay. So, but here, here's, here's what I need before we, we conclude okay. part one. Give me your visit. Cause I was told by few that what, and now maybe it's just with specific guys <clears throat> that when you get there, you go to dinner with everybody and they make you tell one funny story from your previous spot. Okay. So here's here, like, I'll give you an example. And uh, I, 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 so uh, Jackson, what was his last name? He actually transferred to Oregon from Utah, but he's from kind of your area. God, what is his name? Shoot. Oregon to Utah. Uh, he was at David Utah. Jackson. Trans- David Jackson. Huh? David, David Jackson. Jackson. Okay. So Grew David Jackson. Yep. Great guy. Well, okay. So, but he visited Gonzaga. Okay. So, and maybe it was just because it was Majerus, but the story that I got was like, hey, what we do is we, you come to home, you got to tell a story about like your previous spot, right? And his story about, <laughs> about, uh, uh, about Utah was about Rick Majerus, right? And every, no one, you weren't allowed to call Rick coach. You had to call him Rick, right? So he goes, we need it. We need a, we need a Rick story. And he's like, no, 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 I, I can't. No, we need a Rick story. We're not ordering any food till we get a Rick story. Like, all right, well, just the other day, like, just the other day, like, yeah. So here's how he told him he was transferring. Rick lived in the penthouse of the Marriott in Salt Lake City. And if you want, and anytime you go up, you can go see him. But he was always like in a towel. He was almost always naked. I don't know. And so they had talked about him transferring. You know how it is, like going into Christmas break. Everybody kind of, oh, my, do you want to stay in? So they're getting, coming at the end of Christmas break. And he like knocks on his door and you know, you got to get to call your coach. Like I'm sure just to call or go into the office and tell somebody you're leaving. I'm out. Like that's a hard thing for yeah, a 19 year old, right? Like yeah. you invested in me. You believed in me on some level and I'm out. That's a hard thing to do. So he's like, uh, Oh, come in, come in, David, come in. No, no, sorry. He's just getting out of the shower. You know, he's in a towel. And so, David tells the story. He's like looking down at his feet, shuffles to, you know, Rick, we talked about like, if I wasn't happy and I'm just not feeling it, I'm not getting the minutes and I don't know. And he looks up and Majerus is like out cold. <laughs> now you're like pouring out, you're like pouring out your heart, like pouring out your heart to a guy. And he's so he's like, do I leave? And so he like nudges him, nudges him again. Oh, David. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. He's like, oh, this medication that I'm on, it just knocks me out. And look what it does to my ball. <laughs> He's got some like swollen testicle. <laughs> he shows David Jackson. And so David goes like, oh, hey, Rick, I, I just can't, can't tell you I want to transfer. I'm, I'm out. Uh, can, I, can, you, can you sign the release? And like literally walked out, never talked to him ever again. So you did not, your experience was not perfect. Right where Bob Bender didn't. Wasn't hey, dude, <laughs> we we love you. We want you to stay. You, you became the national player of the year, but it wasn't that. Uh, your visit to Gonzaga. Did they? I went to Marquette. We did a case race. We just drank beers all weekend. We went to the Brewers game, and uh, Chris Crawford, Woody. Uh, we we just all we did was all I remember was drinking that that weekend. Your visit to Gonzaga was what happened? It was. Uh... I think I committed on the first night uh, of the visit at at the restaurant, uh, pulled Coach Monson aside and said, hey, you know what, um, this is where I want to be. And so they scrapped the rest of the weekend as far as having to go to, uh, you know, your academic counselor meeting uh. and meeting this professor or that professor. And I just I, I went to the gym and hooped. That's what I did. I mean, Richie Fromm was a, a childhood friend. And AAU buddy and Casey Calvary, Richie Fromm were the same. So it was really just a, a hangout weekend um, once I knew I was going to be at Gonzaga. So there was nothing crazy or special to, to any of my recruiting trips. I was, I was pretty boring. I was, wanted to be in the gym. What, uh, what did you do to improve during your redshirt year? Never take a day off. Uh, I was I was lucky because Tommy Lloyd was a student assistant at the time and we became he's associate head coach now and we became like best friends for 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 that stretch of of my life my career I mean he was in the gym every time I wanted to be there 
uh, working on just random stuff like jab shots, off-legged pivot foot jab shots, jab goes, jab crossovers, uh, pick and roll reads where, you know, instead of uh, – you, you make a delivery with one hand, you're making it with both hands, you're making it off a reverse pivot, a hook pass, you're throwing, you know, uh, every different kind of scenario drill you could think of. Tommy and I worked on that year and he was, he was still young enough where we played a lot of one-on-one as well. So um, team would go out on the road. We would be in the gym every day um, practices. I became the guy that was the focal point um, of the other team, whether it was a, a point guard, who could pass it. Okay. Well today in, in practice, I, I got to just make every single read. I got to make plays for others all practice long. If it was a scoring point guard, you know, I had the freedom to pull up from 30 feet on the break. If I was a two, I was coming off pin downs, floppy actions, whatever it was. If I was a three in practice that day, you know, I was filling the lane in transition and I was trying to slash. I mean, it was a year where coach few challenged me in practice to, to bring it every day to help the guys get ready. But in turn, it helped me because I had to kind of fill all these different roles for what they would face as an opponent in the coming days. And it got me out of my comfort zone and really helped improve all these different little facets of the game while I learned how to be competitive in, in Coach Few's system. All right, we'll, we'll break there because you got to go. But that was a, a great look into, uh, into what uh, – into what led you to becoming a Zag, and now you're a, you're a Zag legend. But it's just, uh, it's it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. Dan, thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely, without a doubt, we will have to do it again sometime. Because, uh, like I said, I, I, I always like catch, catching up, talking hoops with you, Doug. So just let me know when. All right, that's part one, and there's 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 more. Now we got now he's he's at going Zaga. Hey. We still haven't gotten into the first meeting with John Stockton, right? Now he's telling us he's called him Stocks, but the first meeting, like, what was it like to play for the Zags? What what was that heartache like? How much pride does he take in what they've done? His NBA journey. And oh, yeah, by the way, for a guy that was known for the hair when he was in college, the floppy hair when he's a kid, now he owns barbershops too. So, And we'll talk about the Zag thing and how this could be the year. We're getting ready for the Iowa Glenzag game. In the meantime, really appreciate you listening. My radio show is daily, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific, on uh, Fox Sports Radio, foxsportsradio.com, the iHeartRadio Network. In the meantime, download, subscribe, rate, write one of those reviews. I I was told it helps me do it. You can write, Doug Gottlieb is amazing. That's awesome. Doug Gottlieb is the greatest. That's also good. Um, I love Doug Gottlieb. These are all good reviews to write. And I appreciate that. Um, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Thanks for downloading and listening. Wait to hear part two. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is All Ball. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, 
You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.